The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Absolute sports betting degeneracy. Hey everybody, Arch here, and it is... I, I, can't, I shouldn't even say the day. It's Friday. Like, oh, hey, it's Friday. I'm here. No, this is a big deal. We're back. God damn it. We're back. We're here to talk UFC. And I've got James, the expert with me. What's going on, James? Uh, nothing much, mate. How are you? Oh, I'm doing good. Doing good. I'm glad to be back on the air. How are you? Yeah, no, I'm very good. It's good to actually have some sports back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very much so. We've also got Sex Panther. What's going on, man? Hey, I can't stay away, man. I can't like you know. We get one event, something going on. We suppose we could be talking Korean baseball or something. I don't know, but we get one event. I'm jumping in, and we're going to talk about it. And and kudos to Dana White. He's put together a pretty solid card. So, um, yeah, uh, uh, quite a few fights on here. I'm interested in and like to get James' perspective on these. So I'm ready to go. Okay, cool. Let's do it, James. You got the card. What's jumping out at you? Um. Well, I think first and foremost, we have to start with the main event. Yeah. Tony versus Justin Gaethje. Originally, uh, it was scheduled for April 18th. Originally, uh, Ferguson could be for the official undisputed title, could be defending his belt for the third time. Unfortunately, due to the ongoing situation, that uh, whole card was eventually cancelled. Then it was Tony Gaethje, uh, April 18th, but... ESPN and uh, Disney stepped in, said, no, we're not having it. And um, fair play to the UFC. They've taken the right steps. Um, they've tried to um, implement some ideas which they can run safe events. And, you know, here we are. Um, we've got such a stacked card. And, you know, the main event, Tony versus Gaethje, is going to be unbelievable. There's just so many ways in which both fighters can win. I'm really looking forward to it. The outcome... Um, obviously, the winner faces Khabib. However, the loser, there's talk of them going on to face Conor McGregor. So there's so many options for either fighter, win or lose. Panther, you got any you got any feedback on this one? You looking at anything? Yeah, you know, I'm looking at this. I'm kind of looking at the the stats and the the, the line here and everything. But you know, Ferguson has a six and a half inch reach advantage. Um, and, I, and I don't think for striking as much that that is a big deal, but I think for the defense, because Justin Gaeth is almost strictly a boxer. Uh, he doesn't do a lot of takedowns. He doesn't do a lot of uh, submissions. Uh, he, he likes to stay upright. So Ferguson is it can beat you a couple of different ways. He can get you to the ground. He can beat you standing up. Um, but, uh, I you know, I think this is a fight that I – 
like Ferguson just because of his multiple abilities to to do damage. Um, he's got a, a much better defense as well. Now, I did want to touch on something that James said too. They were talking about uh, the loser possibly fought, uh, fighting Conor McGregor. I don't know if you guys saw yesterday McGregor's name came up and he's in a little verbal battle with Oscar De La Hoya. So <laughs> he, might, he might be looking to get another boxing payday. I'm not, I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, God. Bring De- he get De La Hoya back in the ring to fight Conor? Oh, my God. And Dave, Dave said he's not coming out in the second round. <laughs> Dave Lahoy is talking shit. He's like, I'll knock him out in the second round. <laughs> oh, Connor. So, but uh, yeah, anyway, back back to yeah. this fight. Yeah, I, I like Ferguson here. I think he's uh, you know he's he's a champ, um, and he's I think he's more well rounded as a mixed martial artist. And Justin Gaith is a little bit too much of a striker, and I think that will be his disadvantage. Okay. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think. Um, before his sort of MMA <clears throat> career, Gaethje was a well-established wrestler. However, since his MMA debut, he's just kind of put that to one side and mainly focused on his striking. Um, uh, the thing is, obviously, like you said, Tony has a better reach and you know he's got so many tools within his arsenal to use. Um, I feel as if... Justin's gonna get it done. He's got to do it early because if uh, Tony does show flaws within his game inside the first round, and other than that, if Tony gets through the first round, it becomes a sort of Tony Ferguson fight. Um, like I said, Tony's just got to be cautious of that leading overhand right from Gaethje because in Gaethje's last three fights, you know he's not them all out in the first round. It's crazy. You know the hype. Uh, he learned a lot from him. Uh, before his last three fights, he was on a two-fight losing streak. Um, so kind of, you could technically say he's in the second stage of his career, whereby he's learned a lot from those two defeats to uh, big fighters, and now he's back and um, certainly established himself as a top contender. But um, like I said, J- uh, Tony Ferguson's got to be wary of that overhand right because he, Justin Gaethje, can knock anybody out. Whereas Gaethje kind of, you know, obviously he did say he's a heavy striker, he is, but he could use his wrestling to uh, keep the fight standing rather than um, getting onto the floor. Because if it goes onto the floor, that's where it becomes Tony's um, fight as well. <clears throat> yeah, it's interesting. You know, the over-under in this in this uh, fight for rounds is two and a half. The under is the favorite. Under two and a half rounds is minus 135. So it looks like it's more likely to go under than over. What do you think about that? It's a tough one because, like I said, if um, Gaethje gets it done, he gets it done early. And obviously those odds aren't going to favor Tony Ferguson whatsoever because <laughs> he likes to grind it out. Mm-hmm. He likes to wear down his opponents and just tie them because he makes everyone bleed, Tony Ferguson. He likes to just pile the constant pressure on his opponents until they can't take it anymore. So going off of those odds, I think, um, with the over and under round uh, odd, they're kind of leaning towards Gaethje because I don't see uh, Ferguson getting it done early. I see him uh, going not necessarily the distance. I see it going far into the championship rounds whereby Tony can just pick Gaethje apart. But like I said, who knows? Anything can happen. Yeah, no, I like it. I, I'm definitely looking at the over there based on what you're saying. Not a lot of It's not going to pay a lot, but it's going to pay enough just to throw you know something at it. 
So it's it's interesting because you, when you look at their careers, um, Ferguson with 29 fights, Justin with 23 fights. Um, it, it shows an average fight time for Ferguson at just over 10 minutes, which is just over two rounds, and Justin at right under eight minutes, just seven minutes, 56 seconds. So, um, you know, again, in the second round. But typically, you know, this is a championship fight, so it can go five rounds. You don't know if they've uh, done more cardio, trained differently for it to go longer, or if they're just going to treat this as like a three-round fight and, and – uh, I, I'm, I'm kind of with James here. I'm, I think this is probably a under three round fight, two and a half. And if it goes beyond that, I think you're going to see two gassed fighters, um, maybe looking for that lucky strike or something, because they've kind of put it all. It looks like over their career, you know, two two and a half rounds is about where this should be. Okay. All right. Well, we spent enough time on that one. What else, James? Would you like to touch on? Uh, we'll go for the co-main, if that's all right. Yeah, absolutely. So Cruz versus Cejudo. Mm -hmm. um, was it now? It's been over 1,030 days since we last saw Cruz. Mm. So December 2016, where he lost to Garbrandt. Um, injuries have kind of affected Cruz's career a bit because um, obviously if he wasn't out for four years, God, who knows where he'd be now. Uh, he's a phenomenal fighter, former champion. Whereas Cejudo, you know, he's got that uh, persona of being triple C and, you know, some would go, oh, triple cringe and all that. But that aside, he, <laughs> Cejudo is a phenomenal athlete. You know, he's an Olympic champion. He's been in around, you know, the um, the highest level for since he was a teenager, really. So I think this was an interesting one to, uh, this would be an interesting fight because, you know, you don't know what Cruz is going to show up. And this is arguably Cejudo's biggest fight in his career in terms of um, the high-level opponent in Dominic Cruz. <clears throat> All right. yeah, this is yeah. this is uh, yeah, the layoff for for Cruz is probably the big factor for me. Um, you know, you you can only do so much sparring and so much you, without being in a full competitive match. And then in the last one that he was in, he lost. So that's kind of uh, the big red flag for me. But Cruz has a four-inch height advantage and a four-inch reach advantage. Um, but, look, I think this uh, this could have been a main event, the, the, the main event on almost any card. This is um, by strikes, by grappling, by all measuring sticks. This should be a fantastic fight. Um, I like Suhudo just because he's fought more recently, mm. and I, you know, just the, being in the ring. You know, you know what James said a thousand some days. I mean, we're talking almost three years. You know, mm. it's, it's a significant amount of time that Cruz has been out of the ring. So it's just that little tip of the hat there to Suhudo that I would give him the advantage here. Yeah, well, yeah, minus two sixty-five or two thirty right now. Opened at two sixty-five. It's two thirty now. Ooh. Yeah, Vegas is giving a little bit of a, a little bit of a nod too. Um, I, I see this one going the distance. I think if we see the you know the cruise we were used to back in the day, where you know his speed, his um, movement, and his range, you know he was such a phenomenal fighter back in the day. If we get that sort of cruise, then who knows 
what will happen. I I want Cruz to win, but I see Cejudo taking it by a decision because since he's moved up to bantamweight 135, he's just looked more explosive and there's just so much he can offer um, offensively and also defensively. Um, I like his style. Um, if we see the rusty Cruz, I feel as if, you know, Cejudo's just going to walk all over him and Cejudo might finish him depending on what sort of cruise we get, but I'm looking towards a full five-round fight. Yeah, yeah, Vegas looks like Vegas likes it as a, a, a full five-rounder as well. Um, the, the the times for these two, Cejudo averages 12 and a half minutes in his fights. Dominic Cruz, think about this, a three-round fight is 15 minutes. His average for his career, 24 fights, is 17 and a half minutes. Mm-hmm. So he definitely goes the distance uh, in, in the vast majority of his fights. Um, I, yeah, I agree with James here. I, th- I think we're going to get a full five rounds here. All right. You're not worried about the rust the Cruz is bringing to the table? You think he might – any chance he gets knocked out early? I'm or, worried about the ring rust. Yeah. I don't think he gets knocked out early because I think he's – yeah, <clears throat> his skill set is second to none. He's experienced. He's fought in big fights. I think he knows what's at stake. <laughs> Like I said earlier, Cejudo's got more of a chance of finishing Cruz, but I don't see him getting knocked out early. I just think he's too... He's got a high IQ in terms of um, experience in the MMA uh, industry. I, I just don't see him getting knocked out early. He, he could get finished in the later rounds. I just don't see Cruz getting knocked out at all early. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah my thing here is I don't think... Um, I think Cruz probably will absorb some shots. Or hmm. maybe even maybe even some takedowns, and it might rattle him a little. It's that whole in-ring rust that we were talking about. But uh, to James's point, I don't think it'll be enough. His defense, his jaw, uh, his ability to, to take a shot is well documented. Um, he'll he'll withstand what Cejudo throws at him, but it probably won't be enough for Cejudo to get the check marks in those early rounds and you know take take the decision. Okay, okay. So Cejudo's two options here. KO, you know, or submission or TKO, whatever, plus 200, decision plus 140. So we're getting plus lines on both of them. Is there I one we should be looking at? Both of them. I put money on both of them. <laughs> <laughs> go hard or go home, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. There you go. All right. No, I see it going to full five. Full five? It's going to yep. go to the judges? Yep. 100%. Okay. Cool. All right. What else is jumping out of you? Um, Obviously, you look at 249, and it's hard not to talk about Francis Ngannou versus Josino Rosenstrike. It's literally, it's pure entertainment guaranteed. (laughs) I don't see this one going the full distance. Someone's knocking someone out (laughs) within the first round. It's just literally, it got a KO written all over it. They are knockout artists. Um, I fancy Ngannou taking it, however... Rosenstrike has is more of a technical, technically gifted fighter, but I see Ngannou's power being too much for a Rosenstrike. I think this this fight is certainly one to uh, watch because it's just pure flames guaranteed. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be an exciting one. I think the big advantage here for uh, Nagano is that five inch reach advantage, eighty three inches. I mean, that that is a hell of a wingspan. Um, you know, a, a slight uh, weight advantage of eight pounds, but um, yeah, this this is going to be a, a boxing match of of epic proportions. There's going to be a 
I, I can't see where there's not a knockout. There has to be a knockout in this fight. <laughs> um, and uh, it should be short, but very exciting, very fun to watch. 100%. However, the thing is, you know, they're both KO artists. Touch wood, this doesn't happen. You know, they could just, for the fight, sit back and go, you know what, I'm not risking it. We could literally go the full three rounds without throwing a single punch or something because we don't want to get rich, um, get knocked out. I hope that doesn't happen, <laughs> but you, you just never know. Yeah, yeah. Well, given their ranking, there's a lot of stake here. I got to think uh, a solid performance here is going to line them up for a title fight. Oh, 100%. Um, the winner gets a title. Sure. Winner's going to get a title fight. So I, 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 for me personally, I can't see somebody – holding back and, and going, you know, trying to get a decision here. I, I, uh, if I'm coaching these athletes, I'm like, this is your shot, your next fight, the title mm. fight, put it on the line and, and leave everything you got out there in the ring. Um, Cause then you're going to get another six months to prepare for your next fight. And it's going to be a big one. So uh, I would be surprised if they were pulling punches and, and not going for the gusto here. Yeah. They're the only game in town too. I wonder if there's any pressure on them knowing that everybody in America who's a sports fan is probably going to be watching some some of this. Everybody in the yeah, world, maybe. Yeah, because yeah, it's just, geez, there's not a whole lot else going on. <laughs> no, obviously, there's no fans in attendance. Right. So more people are going to be wanting to watch this, and the whole pressure is going to be on either fighter because so many people are watching you. So there's so much pressure, and obviously in the back of your head whilst you're fighting, you're like... I'm potentially one fight of a title shot here mm. and the loss could really lower the, uh, me down in the rankings. So I've got to put it all in the, on the line. Yeah. I hope so. Hope so. All right. What else jumping out of you? Um, I've got two more fights I'd like to talk about. And then obviously I'll explain briefly some fights that are worth a watch. The okay. second, um, the first one I'd like to talk about is Jeremy Stevens versus Qatar, mm-hmm. uh, Calvin Qatar. Um, it's a must-win for both fighters, honestly. Um, obviously, they fight at 145. Calvin's coming off of a loss to uh, Zabit. Um, and uh, Jeremy Stevens is just... He's on a... It's fair to say he's on an awful run. He hasn't won since 2018. He's 0-4, mm. well, 0-3 and won no contest in his last four fights. He really needs this win. However... <laughs> I think this is this has got the potential to be fight of the night in my opinion. I think both fighters are going to go for it, obviously because they need that win. Uh, however, I'm just a bit disappointed that it's a three round fight because obviously you know he's got the UFC have got two more cards after this. I feel like it could have been a main event for one of them because both fighters kind of get stuck in for three rounds and then in the fourth and fifth round that's when they start to explode. It's a shame we don't get to see the fourth and fifth round. So whoever wins, I think, touch words, you know, they'll give the other fighter an immediate rematch because, you know, it's got it should really be a five-round fight. Yeah, you know, I'd touch on what you said about Jeremy Stevens. I mean, he – Qatar, obviously, both fighters need a win, but Stevens really can't take another loss here. I'm really surprised he's even got – a number seven ranking with 17 losses. Usually if somebody's got 17 losses for their career, um, they've pretty much hit retirement. Um, this this could almost be it for him. Um, he's, he's fought for a long time. He's got a lot under his belt, um, but he's not been performing well, and he's not really getting much love out of Vegas here on this one either. I, I really like Calvin Qatar here. 
Um, and probably looking at the times here, this could be a, a decision. It looks like they both go deep into their fights. Stevens averages 12 minutes, Qatar 10 and a half. So this, this could go the three rounds here. Most likely will go the three rounds, but I, I like uh, Calvin Qatar in this fight. Not, yeah, no, I 100% yeah. agree. There's not a lot jumping out on this one. I mean, it's a Qatar is a heavy favorite, minus two, 253, it looks like right about now. Uh, Jesus. Yeah, it's pretty bad. It's going to go over two and a half, according to Vegas, too. Jeez, so. It looks like you're right. Yeah. Maybe they maybe they won't start fighting until you know <laughs> midway in this in the you know the second or third you know going to the third round. I don't know. Man, well, yeah. when you're no, when, when you're someone like Stevens who's who's you know had no decisions and losses and they're just kind of piling up, it can really get into your head and how you perform and how aggressive you are. You don't want to go in there. He, I almost expect him to be kind of defensive and gun shy because he doesn't want to get knocked out or make a bad mistake, and that's mm -hmm. still going to be to his disadvantage because then it's going to go the distance and he's going to lose on the card. So he's got to throw caution to the win if he wants to win this fight because I think everything is really stacked against Jeremy Stevens in this fight. Fight goes to midway third round is still minus 180. So it's still <laughs> – it looks like it's going decision. <laughs> it's going to go to the decision. <laughs> yeah. All right. What else? What else do you like, James? Um, I mean, I don't know how this isn't on the main card. You've got Donald Cowboy Cerrone and Anthony Pettis. <laughs> this is one to really, this is one to entertain the fans. I'm really looking forward to this fight. Obviously, you know, Cowboy Cerrone is an icon of the sport. Obviously, he's just lost to McGregor. Anthony Pettis can really turn it up give on any given day you just don't know what Pettis and what cowboy will show up it's going to be such an interesting fight to see <clears throat> both are just like i said true icons of the sport and it's going to be such an entertaining fight it's a tough one because um they've this is the rematch and Pettis won the first one about 2013 uh, a while back so there's more at stake for cowboy um it's a tough one because it's at welterweight. I feel as if Donald Cerrone is a better fighter at welterweight. I think Pettis, if it was at lightweight, Pettis wins all day long. It's a tough one. Um, Cowboy loves sort of the hype around him in the arena. Everyone loves Cowboy. So fighting in an empty arena, who knows what that's going to be like for Cowboy. Um, I see either second round victory for Pettis or a decision win for Pettis. I mean, I, I fancy Cowboy because it's in his favoured weight, but I just don't know which Cowboy's going to show up because I don't know if you heard recently, he said with the McGregor fight, uh, Donald show, uh, showed up, but Cowboy didn't. And that doesn't really sort of, uh, it's not really, you don't really want to hear that because Cowboy is such an icon of the sport. And on his day, he's capable of beating the top fighters, but I just don't know if he's got it in him anymore to beat guys like Pettis. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, age is starting to catch up to him. I watched that McGregor fight. Well, the, it, he was never in it. I mean, it was a <laughs> it was a thirty second fight. He was completely outclassed, um, and you know, and he's lost three in a row. Um, mm -hmm. But you know, but Pettis has lost three of his last four. Um, so I almost feel like 
maybe Dana White put these two together just to somebody come out on the winning side. <laughs> just one of you, one of you get right here because um, they both have actually looked really bad their last few times out. Um, but you know, I, like you said, Cowboys. Uh, he's a legend, uh, future Hall of Famer in, in the sport. But I look. I think the best of Donald Cerrone is is gone. Um, this is a fight that he probably can win. I mm. just don't think he does. Uh, I'm with you. I agree. Uh, I like Anthony Pettis in this fight. I wouldn't be surprised if this thing went the distance um, just because of their, their age and both of them coming off of these losses where they might just be a little timid and a little gun shy, plus some mutual respect. I think, it, you know, Cowboy's always shown vast uh, respect for his opponents. I think he very mm. much will here. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if this thing went the distance myself, but uh, I do like Pettis for the win. Mm. You know, the pressure's on Cerrone because you, do you remember the, the lambasting you got on Twitter? People said he took a dive and everything. <sighs> it was just, I, I wonder how he's going to bounce back from that mentally. He must be really confident because um, he said recently, a couple of days ago, you know, he's here in this RV with his family and he's willing to fight on all three cards. And that's the Donald Cerrone we love. Mm-hmm. But whether he's got it in him to beat a guy like Anthony Pettis, get back on the win streak, I just don't know. I think he's coming towards the end of his career. I think Pettis, Pettis has already got the one up on him. He's already won, beaten um, Donald Cerrone. I think that plays into his hand. So I, I don't know. It's not looking good for Cerrone at the moment. <laughs> yeah. And, and to you guys talking about how the fight's going to go, the over, over two and a half rounds is plus 113. Under two and a half rounds is minus 132. So you think there's, there's some- a possibility of um, Pettis stopping Cerrone under three rounds and yeah. probably the second round. I think the first round is just a case of getting a, getting um, to feel one another, seeing how they fight. And I think the second round is where we start to see them drop bombs on each other. And I think Pettis, Pettis has the ability to knock out Donald Cerrone in the second Ooh, okay. Yeah, I, I agree. This, I don't, you're not going to see a, a Conor McGregor type coming out of the coming out of the off the fence and start throwing haymakers. Right <laughs> out of the game. That, that, that first round probably will be very slow and measuring, um, but the second round could be very active. Um, but because of that slow pace in the first round that I anticipate, um, I, that's why I think it will probably go the distance. And with those Vegas lines. Uh, they're kind of given they're they're really hedging it there i think they think it could go either way and that's why you're seeing those lines that way um i wouldn't i personally wouldn't bet under over on the on the distance here but um i kind of hope it goes a distance i want to see three rounds with these these two legends um there's going to be an embrace and i wouldn't be surprised if there's a, a, a cowboy retirement after this fight win or lose well there you go all right you got one more james um yeah, I could go for one more. Um, I think one to watch as well for the final one. Well, not necessarily one to watch, but it's kind of an important fight for um, each other. I think you got the opening card of the prelims. You got Uriah Hall and Jacare Souza. Essentially, throughout his whole career, Uriah Hall has been a pretty much a gatekeeper to the top fifteen. However, I'm mainly looking towards Jacare Souza and seeing how he fights because if he loses, that's kind of the end of the line um, for him because he's just moved up to light heavyweight, didn't go his way. Um, now he's gone back down to his favoured um, 
weight class, which is 185 middleweight. Mm-hmm. And if he loses this to a guy like Uriah Hall, who's just not on a good sort of streak at the moment, he's like I said, he's a gatekeeper for the top 15. If he loses to Uriah Hall, that's kind of the end of the line for um, Jack Ray Sosa. Looking at this right here. Uh, let's see. Yeah, he's, he's a favorite, but not a not a big favorite. He's a minus 125 against uh, Hall's plus 110. Ooh. Yeah, this, this is probably one of the only – might be the only one where I actually like the underdog. Um, and, and the biggest thing, the biggest thing that pops off to me is a seven-inch reach advantage for Uriah Hall. Seven, seven inches is just incredible. Um, and then – you know, Swayze's losing streak. He has lost two in a row, three of his last four. Um, he's just not performed well. A lot of pressure on him. That, that creates like a, a mental thing, if you will. Um, I don't know if I'd bet a lot of money on it, but I just for the plus side of it, I think I like Uriah Hall in this fight. Hmm. Yeah, it's sort of 50-50 really because uh, Uriah Hall's 15-9 and nine <laughs> on his overall record. However, right. 11 of his wins have come by – knockout he's won his last two fights however they're not against big names you'd expect him to win the fights um every time he's fought a half decent guy he's lost whereas mm. jack ray sozo is just looking for redemption really it's a, it's a tough one it could go either way um <laughs> it might be another decision win i'm just not sure uh uriah hall could literally knock him out at any given point whereas like you said earlier, Shakari Sosa is currently on the two-fight losing streak, so he's got to really uh, pull up his socks and sort of uh, get a big win under his belt, and hopefully that might put him back in the mix. He's just got to use his sort of strength, his jiu-jitsu and his Muay Thai to his advantage against a guy like Hall, because if he's going to stand there and trade, Uriah Hall's probably going to connect with him at some point. Oh. So this is an old bastard too. I just see that now. Wow, he's an yeah, old guy. Boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So man, yeah, this is it. You're right. I mean, if he doesn't do something this today, the the curtain is closed on him. Most likely. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. All right. Any other fights we should keep an eye on, James? Or um, I think in terms of a one to watch, mm-hmm. a couple of the fights on the early prelims. You got Luke versus Price and uh, Bryce Mitchell versus. Charles Rosa I'm really looking at because Bryce Mitchells, he's 25, he's undefeated, he's 12-0, and 0, he's a real submission artist. Um, I, f- I believe he came up through the sort of um, undefeated Dana White's-like uh, series. So it's, it's a big fight for Rosa, I think. If he gets a win and, you know, goes on to 13-0, and 0, it could put him in the mix for a top 15 um, ranked featherweight. It's a big fight for Bryce. I'm looking forward to seeing what sort of Bryce Mitchell shows up on Saturday because, like I said, he's 12-0. and 0. He's got such great uh, ground game. You know, it, like I said, a win like this will put him really uh, in the top 15 contention spot. Yeah. I'm looking at that right there. And he uh, Bryce opened up minus 175. He's minus 157 now. So it looks like you know Vegas set the line kind of high, but the money seems to be liking Rosa here. So yeah, it'll be interesting They're to really? see. Yeah, well, I mean that's how we interpret it. If the if the line's getting you know getting better for Mitchell, getting worse for Rosa, then yeah, it looks like the money's probably dipping in on Rosa a bit. That's an interesting. Well, it's a tough one because yeah. they're both 
ground game artists, you know, Bryce has got nine submission wins under his belt, Rose has got eight, so it's kind of <laughs> a battle on the mat, <laughs> yeah. uh, if you will. Um, there's a lot at stake for Bryce, like I said. Um, a win would put him right in the mix. So it's a, it's a huge fight for him. Opening on such a big card like this, yeah. you know, he's got to take his opportunity, really. Yeah, it's very, very likely this thing could go the distance. Both of them go deep into the third round. Uh, Bryce averages 11 and a half minutes. Rosa, 12 and a half minutes. Mm. Um, Mitchell has an eight-year youth advantage. Uh, <laughs> eight years younger. Um, so, you know... Two ways of looking at that, younger, fresher, but also less experienced. Uh, big opportunity for him. Um, I think I like Mitchell here to to do some damage and, and kind of move up in the rankings and get a, a better opponent. Um, but, you know, a great opening fight for what, you know, like we mentioned out of the get-go, um, a, a really stacked card. Yeah. Well, we all know everybody who's listening to the podcast that's a fan knows who like Mitchell because there's a negative sign next to his number. Everybody well, you know, I, I'm not I'm not chalk panther for a reason, but <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I I did take one dog. Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right, did we touch everything you wanted to touch on, James? Is there anything else we need to know? Uh, no, I think we've touched on pretty much everything. Um, yeah, it's, like I said, it's such a stacked card. So many good fights to watch. You cannot sleep on any of them. Tony Gaethje. It's going to be such a there's a lot at uh, stake for both fighters. Like I said, I see Tony doing it late, fourth round stoppage. It's going to be such a great weekend of fights. I cannot wait to see uh, who will come out on top. Yeah, me too. It'll be a lot of fun. All right. Well, James, thanks again, man, for doing this for us, for dropping some knowledge on us. <laughs> no, thank you for having me. I really enjoy coming on this show. It's yeah, it's, it's fun. Glad to have you. All right, Panther, anything else you want to touch on? Yeah, I got I got two. I want to jump on real two quick. Fights? I don't. Two fights, but not. You know, we don't touch oh. on them very, very. <laughs> I was wrapping long, the show but, up. I was giving you I just know. a courtesy. I know you want to wrap it up, but I want to. I just listen. We 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 don't talk once a month now. The, the, the guys are like, there's only one women's fight, and it's actually a really good one. Mm, um, yeah. Asparaza and Waterston. Uh, this is a really really good fight. Um, I don't even know if I even have a take on it on who I like here, but this is definitely a fight um, worth watching. I think I like 100%. Watterson with the plus line, but um, man, James, this is a really good fight. You didn't even mention that, it. No, no, uh, that's, that, <laughs> that's a real, that's a good fight on the cards. Now I'm surprised I missed that one. I'm, I'm surprised many are leaning towards uh, Esparza from the sounds of it. Obviously she's the former, well, she won the inaugural strawweight championship. Um, She's a real. She's kind of a veteran of the um, shortweight division. Whereas Waterson, she kind of started off slow in her UFC career. Where and now you look at her, she's starting to pick up uh, big. Well, big wins. She's recently lost to Joanna Young Jacek. However, she lost some points to Young Jacek. And if you know Joanna, she's a real tough fighter so she sort of, sort of picked up her form in recent years um i fancy waterson personally and like <laughs> i'm surprised i missed this one because it's such a good fight like you said it's the only women's fight on the whole card yeah that's the that i just you know like i said i want to just touch on it real quick because it's a, a a really good fight that that's a that's a main eventer or, or on the a main card on almost any mm. other 
you know, pay-per-view. Um, and then the last one, uh, I mean, you may, you may not, you know, fully appreciate it being on the other side of the pond, but over here in America, Greg Hardy. When, we, when we, when Greg Hardy fights, <laughs> right, we, we, we would want to see it. And granny's five and one, but that one, he was winning. It was right. It was a, a low blow or something he got DQ'd for, but, um, you know, Greg Hardy's, Man, when this dude fights, is just haymaker after haymaker. I don't know anything about DeCastro, but I'm loving Greg Hardy in this fight, and I probably will put some money down on Greg Hardy. Uh, you got to take on that one? Yeah, I'd put some money on Greg Hardy as well. I know DeCastro's undefeated, but he recently lost to Volkov, um, uh, Greg Hardy. And obviously, if you know if you know your heavyweight fighters, then you know Volkov is a real tough guy. I mean... Uh, Hardy's used to fighting sort of unranked fighters, which will benefit him, um, whereby Alexander Volkov is really in the mix in the heavyweight division. I think he's ranked number seven. So to f take a fight on like 20 days notice, which Hardy did, you've got to respect him for fighting mm. a guy like Volkov, even though he lost. And um, you've got to respect him. And I know <laughs> you fans over there are interested to see Greg Hardy fight because he, that man really does have some power. <laughs> Yep, yep, yeah, he does. All right, Arch, wrap this thing up. I'm good. I wanted to talk about those two fights. <laughs> okay, that's fine. That's fine. Oh, as far as the Watterson and Sparza fight, I'm just going to take the decision. It's going to go over. It's going to be the decision. Just mm. so you know. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, these are two gonna, real veterans that, that probably, yeah, go the distance. Knock each other out. Yeah, okay. All right. That is it. I was supposed to kick it over to you to close the show, Panther. Well, I don't even do the that is it. Where's Max when we do that is it? That is it, I guess. We yeah. Blah, 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 jump on here and there and everywhere. We're so out of sync, I don't even know where we're at anymore. But, um, we're still at the same hey. place as we were before. We, we haven't got kicked off Twitter. We haven't been kicked off Facebook yet. We're still, <laughs> All right, we're still we're, there. We're still, the website still is still AbsoluteDegeneracy.com. Uh, you guys know the deal, though. Uh, thanks for listening, sticking with us. We're going to weather the storm anytime we've got a big event coming up. Um, we're going to talk about it. Um, so, yeah, get on the website, get on Twitter, get on Facebook, get on Discord. Let us know if you're betting on any of these fights, what you're yeah. doing, what you've been doing. And when it's all said and done, kids, make some money, fools! Information on this podcast may not be construed to offer any kind of investment advice or recommendations. Under no circumstances will the owner-operators of this podcast be held responsible for damages related to its contents. 